Hello, and welcome to episode 122 of Relics of Ore. Uh, joining me today, we have uh, Evie. Hi. How are you doing today, Evie? I'm I'm doing pretty good now that I've had three cups of coffee. That's good. I'm I'm working on catching up with you. <laughs> and uh, joining us from a different part of the world, we have Spirit. Or do we? Uh, hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Um, I have had a side of computer and internet problems with my cup of beverage of choice in the morning, which is not coffee, uh, but water. It. I'm. Good morning. Is it at least warm water? No, it's cold water. Why would you drink warm water? That's disgusting. It's good for your throat. I... Well, my throat is fine. It's my brain that needs some sustenance. What? Which is why there's coffee. <laughs> oh, anyway, we uh, we actually probably don't have time to be chit-chatting like this because we have a lot to talk about, especially because we missed last week's episode due to various scheduling conflicts with myself and others. So, I guess we'll just get right into the uh, patch notes with Patch Adams. They're squirrels! They're one of the most amiable creatures on the planet. Oh, no, they're not. On the list of hostile predators, they're right above the bottom, just above baby chicks and slugs. What could they possibly want? Your nuts? Anybody want to uh, lead things off? Uh, uh, well, go ahead, Evie. I was just going to say, I think Spirit should do it so she can wake up. Oh, <laughs> I totally got this. I was way ahead of you on that. Um, so... The the meat and bones of this patch, obviously, is the story, which we'll get into in a second, but I just wanted to run over a couple things in the patch. It physically run over, like, with a car. Some things in the patch notes that you guys might want to know about and may not have caught. The first thing to celebrate for all of us guild officer and leader types out there, Kick from Guild has been removed from the party menu. <laughs> so... Thank you for reading that. Truly, this is the greatest of patch notes. And in case anybody didn't know what we're talking about, uh, if you have the authority in your guild to kick people from the guild, when you would right-click on them to, you know, uh, whisper or add to party or anything like that, or kick from party, uh, kick from guild was one of the top options. And so it was very easy to accidentally kick important people from your guild by a slight misclick. And so... That's been removed from every area that isn't a specific guild management place, uh, so you can still find that in your context menus in in your guild menu, but it is gone from everywhere else because there is no need to be able to kick people from every screen in the game. And now you can't embarrassingly go, hold on, let me re-invite you to the guild, and I'm sorry you can't access the guild bank for three days. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even know about that because I've never had access to an important guild bank. Wah, wah. Oh, see, in multi-server everyone guild. has access. You if you're on that, the server, but people not on NSP don't. Well, most of them are on NSP. But the reasoning behind this is because whenever the daily is to eat food, Spirit and I tend to yell at people to eat all the food in the guild bank. So help me if you guys are taking food out of the guild bank, I will find you. 
Yeah, I hear that's a problem with uh, with Twit as well with the with the food overstocking situation in the bank. But I don't have access to it. So. We have an entire tab just full of food. Yep, we've got an abundance of chef levelers. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, but that's that's a that's good. Uh, there's some various. Um, bug fixes I don't think we're really going to go over because nobody really cares um, and we've got a lot of other important stuff to talk about so um, apparently Mitran and Horik scale differently with fractal levels and um, well, they reports scale now. Yeah, well reports range from uh, a lot harder to unbeatable at certain levels um, I don't actually have any first hand experience with this Either of you I guys? Haven't either. I haven't managed to pull my train yet. I just have a friend that did it, and they got so frustrated after three hours, they just left. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, yeah, I mean that fight already. It just ignoring, just ignoring my trends scaling. Just the, you know, the explosive uh, carpet bombing that happens is. I mean, if you mess it up or. You know, if the game lies to you with its AOEs being not accurate, cough. Um, I'm really you surprised know. that they they put scaling on the fractal bosses in general, like the J Maul. I can understand hit point scaling, I guess. Yeah, that, well, yeah, but like, not Jade Maul. That, that one you don't do, even damage. Yeah, is it really necessary? Because those are mechanic fights. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. They're all about dodging the mechanics, not about. DPSing them, although there is DPSing in Mytren and the Molten Facility one, I guess. So, eh. But uh, yeah, as as Spirit alluded to earlier, uh, I think I think the meat of the patch, everybody would agree, is the uh, new new story stuff and the new map. So, uh, I I mean, I guess I would just like to first off say that. Maps are one of those things that I've always been harping on about the living story, that we got one permanent map that felt kind of empty in South Sun, and then we've gotten one really gorgeous, beautiful map that went away after a couple weeks, and how frustrating that was. And so it was really great to get a a new permanent map. And now we have a permanent map, which granted probably is not done, but right now is really small, but is heavily populated with content. So that's fine. Yeah, exactly. There's really... I was shocked kind of at how much there was to do for the... I I looked at it and I goes, oh man, there's going to be like three events in there. It's going to be so small. But uh, one thing Drytop achieves that I don't think a lot of other maps have achieved is that it's very vertical. And there's so much going on on different layers of the map and so many like tunnels that wrap around back into it. You can navigate it with the crystals. Which, by the way, <laughs> kind of as a side note, Arena has done so many good things this patch. One thing that drives me nuts is that the crystals have time limits on them now. So not only do I have to do things in 10 jumps, I have to do it in 10 jumps within 10 seconds. Well, uh, I don't know if you know this, but anytime that you get a new crystal, it adds to your existing time for all of them. So if you can chain crystals together, uh-huh. you will have more time. Like, if you can get two or three crystals right in a row, you'll have, like, 30 seconds. And they don't have for- to be the same huh. type. That's right. That's the big thing. 
Yeah, so that can become sort of a puzzle in and of itself to try and, like, string multiple crystals together before they start running out to stack their timers. There's actually, I don't know if it's a jumping puzzle, but there was an area that I figured out how to reach by chaining um, the jump and the lightning jumps. If you don't reach, like, the third crystal in time, you'll lose the assisted jump, and you're not going to be able to keep going. Yeah, I got up onto um, a really huge pipe way up in the sky by the mining city that by getting a jump crystal from quite a ways away and then stringing it with the two um, fire dash crystals that are on each side of the um, quicksand river and jumping up the cliff side there. So I don't think there's anything up there. Uh, and I may have discovered a cool place, but it, I could also be wrong and just be barely missing a lost coin because I haven't looked up where all of them are. Of um, which there are 30, but... Of we'll, which there are 30. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, but Ooh. as, you know, yeah, as as you guys have said, I think it's... There's just, there's so much to do, both in terms of events and in terms of treasure hunting and in terms of special types of boss fights and exploration. Yeah, I I love it. I uh the the desert theme or the wasteland themes was never really my favorite in um in the original Guild Wars, but I still admired that they were very artistically crafted and mm-hmm. I think the same is is true here. Like it's not aesthetically pleasing to me, but it's um very well made if that makes sense. I, about the whole desert thing. Back in Prophecies, I finally reached the the Crystal Desert after quite some time because I was a 12-year-old, no, 11-year-old noob at that point. Oh, that makes me so sad. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm old compared to you guys, remember? Which is to say that I'm not actually old, but I was in college when Prophecies was around. Really? I thought you were just barely older than me. Anyways, back on topic. (laughs) I finally reached the Crystal Desert, and I don't know what it was about, like, the way they handled the initial questing system there, but I got stuck in the Crystal Desert for months. Because I could not figure out where the missions were. Oh, no. So I have an everlasting hatred for the Crystal Desert, which went well into Nightfall, I just want to mention. I hated Nightfall when it first came out, just because it was in the desert. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And, and to top it off, when I finally got into WoW came to find out that the level 60 zone I was going to go into was the one around Anchorage, which is just bugs and bugs, and I hate bugs. (laughs) So I spent basically 10 levels there as well. So there there is a special hatred in, in my soul for sand. And this new zone... I don't know what it is about it, but it doesn't bother me, which is the first time a desert hasn't bothered me in any game in years. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, there's there's just something about it. Like, they just did a really, really fantastic job about it. 
Um, and I saw I saw somebody I think it was on the forums um, say. And when I say the forums, actually, it was probably Reddit now that I think about it, um, saying, man, you know what's really cool in this new zone? These sandstorms that periodically go. You know what else would be really cool? If they colored it white and put it in the shiver peaks. <laughs> I was like, that would be really cool, actually. Like, yeah. to have snowstorms hit shiver peaks mountains. They might do like, it when we finally go to the far shiver peaks. Yeah, yeah, they very well could. Or, I mean, but they, they could even just put it in as part of... Uh, things happening, you know. Even they could even do it as a uh, precursor to Jormag, like as a way to mm-hmm. inform people from across the map that Jormag's happening. Is like a huge ass snowstorm hits the entire map like ten minutes before crystals drop or whatever. Why stop at snowstorms in the like jungles and the Krita area? They can just turn it kind of blue and be like, "Hey, rainstorm." <laughs> well, I think that would require some different physics for. Like rain doesn't blow around quite like snow or I, uh, or you haven't seen rain the way I have. <laughs> I've rains, seen a very different breed of rain. It rains sideways here on a very regular basis. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It just but, gets so uh, humid here that the air just turns into rain. It doesn't even rain. It just kind of lingers. it just turns. You yeah. see the water form in front of your eyes. You're just like, where's Cora? Anyway, but uh yeah, I mean great great environmental effects, uh all those types of things. Have you guys have you guys um engaged too much in the scavenger hunting? Yeah, uh, by, I got via kind the coins of burnt and things. out on that with the like uh ship of that got destroyed. I can't remember the name of it right now. Dear Lord. Zephyr Sanctum. Zephyr Sanctum. I have a yes. funny story about that ship, but continue. I got kinda tired out with the scavenger hunts in that zone so okay, i'm just like fair. since this is permanent content anyways i don't feel rushed to do it so it's just mm-hmm. like mm, i'll do it later which is another great like point to mention is that a lot of these a lot of these things seem like they'll take a inordinately long amount of time but part of that is because you can come here every day for the rest of ever um to get some of these things so don't I would advise people to not rush in and and burn themselves out on it if there's something they really want to get from here because it's still going to be here you know uh, just like every other zone in the game I mean if there's anything important in any zone like you don't have to power it out in one day like you you've got time so Unless uh, what it's was your funny s- <laughs> yeah. well that was right. exactly it I uh, some of you might remember that I introduced a friend to the game right around the time that Lion's Arch was going to get destroyed. Oh, and... I do remember that. We haven't had any updates. Yeah. Well, she's done really well. She's hit 80, and she's adjusted very well to the game for it being her first MMO. Uh, but I had taken her around the city and showed her all these things, and I was like, you know, this is what you read. Because she read Sea of Sorrows, and was really interested in the history of Lion's Arch and, and such. Uh, so we went through the whole city, and then the next day it exploded. <laughs> and she, at the time, was really more upset about... She logged in, and she was very confused, because all of a sudden, where it had been peaceful last night, she was getting attacked by mobs way above her level that she didn't understand. <laughs> uh, but in in the aftermath, 
she was really disappointed that she didn't get to know Lion's Arch as she had read about it, you know, had changed. Um, but she's she's been really excited to see it st- sort of car- start coming back to life and everything. Mm-hmm. So this this last patch, I said, you know, you should log in and check out uh, the Labyrinthine Cliffs. It's a really beautiful zone. Uh, I think you would really enjoy it, even though you don't like jumping puzzles. It's oh, a little God. bit more of a thinking jumpy puzzle. Um, but she did. She did enjoy it. I ended up portaling her a lot, but um, she gave it a real good try. Really enjoyed it. Liked um, seeing all the Zephyrites sing and all the... Um, just everything going on. And so I asked her, she logged in and had checked out Dry Top. And I said, well, what do you think of the Zephyrite ship? And she goes, that was the same one? <laughs> yeah. Why does everything blow up when I log in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was actually, a, a point on that, I was actually very surprised that they didn't incorporate that like trailer thing into the game. Like, if yeah. you didn't... It, like, it kind of blew my mind that if you didn't watch their social media, you would just log in and go to this place and be like, oh, there's these cool crystals here. And you would have no idea that the Zephyr Sanctum exploded out of the sky unless you watched it on, like, the social media. And they had a... It was, like, a really good trailer slash lead-in. Hey, Absolutely. It, it's, it's heavily, heavily implied if not outright said, once you actually start doing the story, though. No, it is, but, like, it's it's very jarring to, like, walk into a zone and be like, hey, remember that thing that you had? Well, it's all in pieces here. You don't know what happened to it. Well, like... it's kind of realistic, though, because the adventures, I mean, when you first get there, you're not going to know that thing was in the sky flying over, because Zephyr Sanctum just sort of left. You guys did your thing, and then all of a sudden... They blow out of the sky, we get this thing from E, and we show up, and oh hey, this place is, like, destroyed. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just, but I mean, from a not-immersion perspective, just from, like, a player perspective, like, if if nothing else, they could have incorporated it, like, you go and meet one of your, one of Destiny's Edge, or one of Destiny, you know, uh, uh, Wow, what? A, why can't I think of the the name? The B team, uh, the Biconics, and they could like, they could quote unquote tell you the story of what happened because they were on it, and then they could just like show you that cutscene as it's theoretically being described to you. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you get to see Lion's Arch getting blown up, even though theoretically that happened at a fixed point in time. I mean, yeah, but it's it's heavily implied that the players live out of Lion's Arch. I suppose. I don't know, that's implied that you live out of it. You obviously go there a lot, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it it's not like it's not the end of the world, but... And, and I mean, they do make it very clear when you start talking to the NPCs, you know, but it just... It seemed like a good lead-in to, like, watch... I mean, you got to watch Lion's Arch blow up in a cutscene, and then it's blown up in front of you, and... If anything, it know. seems like a waste of that trailer. Right, that's what I mean. Like, if we hadn't seen that trailer, I'd be like, "Oh crap!" You know, that's that's crazy. It you know got blown out of the sky. But watching that trailer on social media and then going into the game, I expected to see it again for people that didn't watch those things. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. that sort of goes to that um, sort of marketing snafu that happens sometimes. Is like a lot of the information is purely out of game and 
a, I would guess that a large majority of the players do not follow those things very closely, and so it feels kind of like wasted effort for uh, a large portion of the player base that they have these they have these interesting things. I mean, with Scarlet, you know, Scarlet's a uh, whole thing about getting into the machine. You know, it was only on the website until like way later in the living story after they'd heard a lot of complaints that nobody knew what the deal was, you know, and then they finally put it in as a response to that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's not a major point. It was just surprising. Like, yeah. Having seen that they'd clearly worked on something to like show it happening and then to not actually see it was just kind of jarring. Yeah. I mean, they've, yeah, they've been better just kind <clears> of as a follow up. They've been better about adding that sort of stuff. I don't know if you've noticed, but while you're doing the sort of story section and following the trail of pages, a lot of those pages were excerpts from the Zephyrite stories that they had released. And oh, also, I did not notice that. Um, the final instance, there's like a series of three or four instances. Um, if you stay in the one where Timey's kind of poking around, to not spoil as much as possible, Timey's poking around that little house. Um, if you stay after the main story, how do, how do you it? yeah, the main story. If you stick around just a little longer until everyone but Timey's has walked out the door, she walks over to a little hologram of Scarlet, and you can interact with this this hologram. And I I highly recommend it for anyone who's interested in the story. It yeah. is a <clears throat> the more you interact with it, it kind of does a very short exposition of Scarlet from how she turned from Ciara bright-eyed student yeah her her Silvari self to the slow descent into madness but it's 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 a very um, visible way it's all voice dialogue Um, it's a very uh, efficient way of conveying her change well, and Evie had a great observation that we talked about before the show about that. Exactly. And this is actually a little bit of a spoiler, I guess. But midway through the hologram, the nameplate changes. Yep. And that's when you like realize exactly when the change happened for Sierra or whatever her name was into Scarlet. Yeah, top notch. Like I think, uh, I I feel like it would be best to not do spoilers. Um, at least for this episode. Maybe for a future episode, we can talk a little bit more about any spoilers. But, um, if nothing else, I think they've done a much better job of throwing in interesting, like hints to the story that people that are really into it can dig into, and people that aren't necessarily super into it can still like. There was a lot of information in this patch, which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I kudos to Arena Net. I was thinking about how far, um, again, trying to not do spoilers, how far we've come from the fight with Kanak at the the back to South Sun when they had just started the two cadence. We we're all going, I don't think this can work. And now seeing the final fight from this. And how it's got these sort of layered mechanics. There's thought to it. it. There's a degree of difficulty. Indeed, I had. Um, it was not face roll for me. I I, uh, I actually wanted to say that too. A second, on the difficulty, 
I've done this on multiple characters, and just like Conic, it was stupid harder on my thief than anything else. Of I was okay. It was. I was wondering about that because I had taken. This was a going to be a gripe for me. I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off, gripe back. But uh, the when I played the story instances, I, I did them on my thief, of course, because that's my main. Um, I noticed that no matter how many friendly NPCs I had, I took all of the aggro all the time, mm-hmm. and that was not fun. <laughs> that made it extremely frustrating, because there's only so much damage mitigation I can do. And his, like, major, like, we-throw-grenades-at-you thing, like, his auto-attack hit really hard, and you do not have the evades to dodge every single auto-attack. Well, and even... You can't. And you can't blind, even if you so do, so frustrating. Yeah, even if you do, um, this was another thing. The environment and where the story instance sort of led was not conducive to fighting, because you'd be fighting on these tiny little cliffs, and you could dodge off and fall out of the story instance, or you could kind of sit there and take it, and thieves are not set up to take it. So that's, I mean, it's not a huge gripe. It was doable, certainly, and I think maybe with more, more people, because you can take up to five people, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm, any other story instance. Yeah, I'm sure with more people, it would have been not as big of an issue, but maybe just something to watch out for in future patches. Yeah, a few interesting notes I'd like to add. Um, I agree that the difficulty was ramped up quite a bit. I did not have a hard time with it on my Necromancer, but I didn't have an easy time with it either. Um, I was finding myself somewhat frustrated by some of the like mass condition cleansing that he seemed to have at certain points where, like, my stacks just weren't sticking, which just made an already slow method of DPS even slower. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know he did that. I, at least I think that's what was happening, because, like, anyway, regardless, um, it was... But but I liked it. Like, not just him, just in general. A lot of the, a lot of the fighting is a lot tighter. Um, it's not just, like you said, it's not just face-rolling a bunch of enemies. Um, I would also like to point out that uh, you get the rewards for each character that you do them with, and some of the rewards are not too bad. So you can actually repeat the story content for rewards uh, if you do it on alts. Um, Which is something that rewards. hasn't been around before. It, right, exactly. That's new this patch. And the rewards are a lot better this patch than other patches. Though, uh, instead of two blues and one green, you're getting two greens and a chest. So... But you're getting like you're getting like Dragonite and uh, Champ bags and Abby shards. Yeah, Abby yeah, shards. you can get what? I got uh, I did the first day it came out, or not the second day because I was out of town the first day. Uh, I just went straight through and played the first story instance to the last story instance and got five, and then had a sandstorm phase come up and I got another five from that Abby shards. Oh, that's from the zone, not the actual story itself, though. But I thought I... Oh, I'm almost 100% sure I got at least five Abbey Shards from the last story instance. I don't know about that, but just... Well, and just in general, as another side note, um, more sources of Abbey is good, because having yeah. to grind out that Abbey for my last legendary was painful. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to uh, mention a little thing. We got away from it real quick, but about the hologram, uh, even on I don't know if you guys watched Points of Interest, um, the ArenaNet show, but 
the the arena net pve show that is um even kate from that show uh didn't know about the hologram which i thought was hilarious uh when they were talking about it on air um uh, it was uh angel mccoy is that right mm-hmm. oh yeah she was talking about the hologram and how it had some really cool things and that a lot of people were missing it and kate was like seriously I, there's a hologram there all right <laughs> i gotta go back and do that and i was just like yeah well see even their own employees don't know that so yeah it definitely um i would definitely highly recommend that as well but that's sort of a not you know anyway that was just a little small note that i thought was funny for people that didn't watch that um yeah uh over i guess i just i guess there's not a ton more to talk about um oh oh sorry you did make me think of another thing you guys are making me think of a whole bunch of things while we're talking (laughs) um have you guys fought and now i don't remember the name but the champion that knocks you off the platform a bunch no Mm, is that okay third tier one or the fourth tier one i don't know I have no idea. Actually, I didn't know it was tied to tears. I just fought it once because I just like zoned in and it was there. Um, at least if I don't know if you're supposed to be able to fight it solo, but if it's a champion, I doubt it. <laughs> well, it was like a challenge. Like you, you like challenged them. Like it, like you, you interacted with them as an NPC. Oh, was it the is the highlight one? Yeah, I have not fought it, but I've I've heard about it. So it was extremely frustrating as a necromancer because he has entire platform knockbacks and he does three of them in rapid succession and I have no access to vigor or anything like that. So I actually cannot dodge them all. And like if he knocks you off, you just you get hosed and he fully heals back. <sighs> and um like the whole po- I mean the whole point of it is to not get knocked off. Like his damage isn't insane. It's that everything he does has a knockback mm-hmm. and most of the things you can avoid because they have, you know, the orange uh, indicators of where they're going to be, but he's just got like a triple jump slam that just hits 3 times in a row and I don't think you can get two of them in one dodge. And so I've been I was uh yeah, maybe, maybe. Um it's it's that's definitely worth trying. I just worry that my DPS isn't going to be great unless I switch to Zerker gear that I don't own. Um, I, yeah. Okay. Every time I hear, like, maybe if I had Zerker gear, I'm just like, you know what? This this is complete tangent, by the way. I just want them to get rid of stats on gear at this point. Like, honestly, <laughs> just give everyone celestial. I mean, I don't... It. The The problem is that there are some gear sets that are interesting differences, like knights. I think knights is a, a perfect example of, like, sacrificing some damage for still having high crit chance and then procking off of that while still maintaining, like, maintaining an actual amount of toughness. Um, but, yeah, I, it's... Most of the time, it seems like Zerker go home, unless you're talking about some form of PvP. Oh, so. Oh, I have a transition. Oh. Speaking of synergistic gear sets that are stronger than others, there's a new gear set with this. I actually want to talk about rewards and how the reward structure works in the zone, but they've 
they've released a new gear set called Nomads, and there's a, an exotic and a ascended version of it. Uh, and it's toughness primary, I think, and then healing power and vitality. Which we've kind of talked about how one of the people reasons... are dubbing it the quote-unquote tank set. Yeah, well, we've talked about before how one of the reasons that Berserker is so powerful is because all of the stats build off each other. And if you want to tank, healing power, toughness, and vitality are all going to be things that are synergistic for your purpose. So I thought that was kind of interesting. People were kind of moaning that it might not be so wonderful in PvP, and I believe that there is not a Nomad amulet currently. Nope. But Um, there are people already taking it into World v. World on Guardians. Yeah, I was going to say, bunkering with that stuff is going to be... like mad... Like, if nothing else, just being a siege person, you know, so that they just, mm-hmm. like, can't offset you from from your flame rams and whatever. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's there was a video on a Reddit, one of the subreddits for Guild Wars 2, of a guardian, like, holding off eight people at once for a good 20 minutes. Wow. That's nuts and awesome. Like, kudos to that person. Yeah, but again, that's only going to work on Guardian because Guardians are like the only ones that have ridiculous mitigation because they're designed to mitigate with no hit points. Right. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I actually, well, one of the frustrations is it it's nowhere near as effective at that as Berserker is because vitality and healing power are sort of at odds with one another. Like if in the sense that, um. Theoretically, if you want to maximize your healing, you maximize all of your damage reduction and then all of your healing so that you have a low health pool, but very but you take very little damage. So that way the healing heals a much greater percentage of your own hit points. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously you can't get rid of like, you can't just get rid of the vitality and double your, your toughness or anything, mm-hmm. but um, it's sort of, it's, it's not entirely an anti-synergy, but in some ways it kind well, of it's is. it's really the only stat that all three of them synergize defensively, because there is no other defensive stat. Right. Right. But whereas, you know, power, crit chance, and crit damage, you know, the more the more power you have, the more your crits do, and the more crit chance you have, the more often you crit, and then the crit power on top of having more power and having more often like all all of those all work towards the same end and amplify one another whereas vitality doesn't amplify either i mean it 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 makes your toughness last longer but then you're capped by your healing skills mm-hmm. and the healing power doesn't scale your healing skills enough to make a difference i, I want to see heals um, be able to crit that's what that I would be see. interesting, but then, but then you wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, then you wouldn't be. You still wouldn't have unless you did like a healing power, uh, precision look, toughness look, set. Toughness, healing power, and precision. That would be the thing. That'd be pretty cool. That'd actually be pretty cool. And then you could have on crit effects to mm-hmm. do things. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. But do you see what I'm saying though about that? Mm-hmm. Like as a character, as as a player that has a necromancer and a warrior, when you get to a certain number of hit points, like it lets you last longer to a point. But the problem just becomes like your healing skills only heal you for a quarter of your hit points, and if they're 
like you would be better off to just be doing more damage to them if if that's an option or to have more toughness and have your healing skill just fully heal you um which is the case with guardians like their their healing skills do like 80% of their hit points and then mm-hmm. they stack on so many armor and and boons and uh auto blocks and things like that that you just you hardly ever hurt them and then once they heal it heals their entire hit point pool back and you're back at at ground zero it's really you sort of just chip away what toughness and vitality independently are supposed to counter toughness is supposed to counter straight up power whereas vitality is supposed to be kind of like a soft counter towards conditions right Right. Where and and to some extent it is, you know. But the problem is that your healing skills uh, just stem that off a little bit once you have a lot of vitality. And so if the if the conditions are actually really hurting you, then yeah. Anyway, it, but that's neither here nor there. But there's a new gear set that's interesting. Um, I don't know how it'll affect things. I think it would be a, a nightmare on bunkers in SPVP. So I kind of hope it never goes there. Um. I, I just can't even imagine. I have a feeling. <laughs> I just can't even imagine ever, how painful that I would be. I actually kind of want it to go into SPVP, if only because it'll show, like, even more than it already is, the glaring problems that there are with the difference in defenses of all the different professions. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that, it, like, to some extent, that's intended, you know, that some classes have much higher offensive output, and so they have less defensive options, but, like, some of the some of the defensive options are way too good for what their damage output still is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I guess if, so I guess just as a quick poll, I don't think there's too much more to talk about specifically on Dry Top, um... At least in terms of content. I, I know that Evie wanted to talk a little bit about lore, but um, if you guys had to give this like a rating out of 10, what would you what would you rate the map? Evie first. Uh, it's so... I hate number rating so much. I'm one of those... All right, give me your made-up rating, then. On a scale of South Sun when it launched to your uh, Labyrinthine Cliffs. Um... Better than Flame and Frost, but not quite Marionette. Okay. That's fair. Okay. I like that rate. That's fair. How, okay, Spirit? Uh, I'm going to say it is the second best map to Labyrinthine Cliffs. Labyrinthine Cliffs does a lot of things that I respect, like... I found interesting in his own. It had the the verticality, the the unique movement. Uh, it was a city environment that had events centered around. I find uh, events that are not particularly centered around fighting interesting because I feel like I just find orange circles and hack my way through a zone, and that's kind of what it's like in the open world. So I I respect things that encourage me to interact with the environment and kind of understand it rather than just hacking my way through. So I, I have a high respect for Lemon Throwing Cliffs of the Zone. Um, but I do, I do really like Dry Top and everything that it's brought to the table. It's a very diverse, very lore-intense, very... Yeah, it's, it's a very good zone. Um, yeah, kind of kind of off-topic. I, I know we've been jumping around a lot because there's, there's so much to say about it. But 
two things. One, difficulty is not a bad thing. We kind of talked about it like it's it's something that's hindering the experience, but no, I actually like the difficulty more. It's just something that is a little bit different than usual. <laughs> We're not quite yeah. used to it. I, I feel like there's a few tweaks in for certain professions. Yeah, I feel but like that overall, I, I really say, it's not a matter of the improved difficulty being a bad thing. It's the glaring yeah. difference in difficulty depending on what profession you're using. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. yeah, especially for for those of us who don't have eight to twelve to to infinity alts at level eighty to just like switch it out. Yep. Um. But yeah, I, I agreed. I actually, <clears throat> I actually really enjoy the increased difficulty. I think we were mo- mostly just pointing out small areas where it felt a little bit off. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely like that. Yeah, that was just something I wanted to say that I forgot to mention. And then also, um, one of the reasons that I think Arena Net should take pride in, and you know, to some extent, the community too. The the way that the story and the map has developed is because of the collaborative development initiative and how the devs and the player feedback has kind of come together to produce a zone that is pleasing to players. So, yeah, I'm glad to see payoff from that. And kudos to ArenaNet for fostering that kind of environment where there can be payoff from that. Yeah, I think more than anything that this release has shown that they really... They really are listening and and working on it, and that's not to say that there aren't still problems. But um, I I don't think you can really accuse ArenaNet of not paying attention to the players. Mm-hmm. Um, you can accuse them of not paying attention to specific players, or maybe not giving <laughs> enough attention, uh, giving enough attention to certain areas. But again, there's only so much. There's only so much time in in the day, and there's only so many things you can work on and so the fact that they've come so far in these areas at least shows that they're paying attention and that they're reading things and they're listening and you know again every everybody's got some area of the game that they would really love to see improved but the the fact of the matter is you can't improve everything mm-hmm. so you know um, but but they just need to hire more people with the vast amounts of money they're making off the cash shop and just fix everything in a week Yep. Yeah. So speaking of vast amounts of money on the cash shop, um, <laughs> what do you guys what do you guys think of the new things on the cash shop? I <laughs> I may or may not have bought the armor like before I even previewed it on the character I intended to actually use it on. Oh. Did you regret that? just out of curiosity, did you regret that decision? Mm, absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. Um, I saw the concept art. This is the Shadow Assassin outfit, by the way, I'm assuming. Correct, Davey? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw it on the website and I went, yeah, that's the kind of aesthetic that I've always, I've really, really wanted for my character. I'm going to go with it. And it's the obligatory, I hate, I'm so sick of saying this, but the gender differences are irrational and not necessarily pleasing. I don't mind. There's holes in the outer outer thigh. Is that what you call that area? <laughs> For the women. I don't necessarily mind that. N- near the hips slash quadriceps? Yeah. I, I don't... One could even say the gluteus maximus. <laughs> no, there's not 
Oh, I, I a butthole, if you will, <laughs> in in the clothes. Uh, no, they're definitely hip holes. Yeah. Well, regardless, there's a hole in the leg area that is not necessary. Could easily have been covered up and looked just as nice. I don't mind it as much. A lot of people said it was a point to not buy it. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind it in the sense that it's not like super obvious. I just think it's dumb. Yeah. Like. It doesn't bother me in the sense that sometimes the boob windows can bother me, but okay, it's just so pointless. Yeah, like I don't. Exactly. Nobody is. Nobody's looking at this and being like, "Oh, look at those thighs." <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, here's the thing, though, and this is where my um, designer, art, artsy person, is going to show. ArenaNet, as a most part, is obsessed with two things when it comes to designing their character models. One is the hourglass shape, and two is the S-figure. I don't know what you mean by the S-figure. You see the S-figure most prominently in the Bram's armor. Oh, so you're talking about, like, the not non-symmetrical, where they've got, like, one shoulder pad, and then, like, the legs are the opposite? Oh, yeah, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, like... Uh, yeah, asymmetrical designing yeah, in terms of no. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see what you mean by and, that. Okay, I was like, I don't, I can't imagine an S necessarily, but now, now that you've described it as like asymmetrical pieces of armor, yeah, I totally see what you mean. It's for guys at least. It's the idea of creating a, a like. How do I explain this? To draw the line of sight from like one shoulder across the chest and then back over the abdomen. Right. Whereas the hourglass shape is like take in the figure in and of itself. Sure. Yeah, sure. This is part of the reason why all the things have like butt capes and whatnot because it widens the hips and lends to that hourglass shape again. I really wish that they would be like, hey, there are other things we can do. Like triangles and the the V, (laughs) the V. Oh my God, the V is such a thing with guys and there's like nothing that does it in Guild Wars. Uh yeah. No, I I agree. I think it's I think it's sort of funny though in the sense that I didn't even notice the hip windows at first until somebody started like pointing that out. So in that sense it's kind of a failure unless you're like really looking closely. Mm-hmm. It's way less obvious than cuz it's not like their entire hip it, is showing. Really you know? Like, oh hey, look at these sexy hips. It's an optical thing yeah. to make the hips seem wider. That's really all it is. But I feel like I feel like it's a failure in that sense because it looks like they just cut out a little bit of the window as opposed to like some of the light armors in the game really are emphasizing the hips by not existing on the hips. You know what I <laughs> yes. mean? Uh whereas like this is so this is so minor that like if you turn it sideways and look at it you're like, "Oh, there's a window there of not clothes, but it's just like a little square cut out." I, I don't know. It to me it doesn't it doesn't enhance the shape at all. It's like something that I notice if I'm paying attention rather than it, it's like 
I hate to say it this way, it's a failed attempt at shaping by that's oh that's what i'm trying to say absolutely like it's it is a failure at doing that and it it looks weird in general anyway it's (laughs) like only drawing attention to the hips and not in a good way yeah yeah you notice it you're like why did you do that (laughs) but like not not in a good way like you want that might not be the reason why they ended up doing it but that's the way it comes across yes you know what it's not a failure at getting me to buy it because it didn't have a butt cape. I was so excited. Yeah, I was so excited about having this sort of aesthetic for my thief, and it dies really nice. Like the the way the, the metal metallic keeps, parts, like a tarnish, no matter what color you put on it, and it's just it's it's so amazing. The only thing yeah. that's missing is the fact that it still has a butt skirt, and I can live with that at least for now because. I can see my beautiful Norn Thief's big legs. Pro tip. Uh, out of curiosity, are you putting this on males or females, both of you? I, I don't play female characters. I am putting okay. it on female characters. For now, I would consider putting it on a male character if I had a male character that fit that sort of aesthetic. Um but sure. I don't. I mean, I really did just buy this for my main because it was the kind of aesthetic that I always felt she should have, but never really, there aren't any armor options that sort of achieve that for mm-hmm. me. So that was the main yeah. motivation for me buying it, to be honest. It's exact um, same for me yeah. as well. I, um, I haven't bought it yet, and that's because I really like the female version, but I don't have any characters that... I would want to replace their armor with, so I'd be talking about an alt, and I don't know that I want to make and re-level an alt, especially with the new trait thing. Um, so, like, it, it would be one of those cases of having this beautiful armor that I never see. Yeah. But I, I again, this is one of those things where I don't. I really like the female one, and I really don't care that much for the male one, which is not to say that it looks bad, but that they're stylistically different enough from one another. They both look like they came from the same place, but they don't, to me, look like they're the same armor. Mm, exactly, yep. And that kind of bothers me, as I'm sure as I'm sure we've discussed plenty of times, um, but yeah, it's very strange. I do, I do like the... I, I, I mean... They both look decent. I, I probably wouldn't wear the male one just because I don't really design my male characters to look like that. But I, they're still good armors. Yes. Another you know? thing I want to mention about it is that I like how you can hide the helmet if you so wish yeah. to. Or replace it with any other living story helmet. Or not, I mean, uh, with the, any other costume helmet. Really? Right? Can't you? Or are they? Are those not... No. Are those tied together you now? Can, you can either... Hide the helmet or show it. You can't switch it with any others, as far as I know. Because I was okay. about to be like, Sorry, what? I was getting a little bit confused what? with the outfits. Like I can have uh, my my like metal ninja outfit and goggles and a bandit. What? I wish. Yeah, I wish too. Um, there was a thing. Oh, two things. First of all, I'm saddened by, and I've said this in the past. I, I don't know how I feel about this. I can't give you a really solid answer on that. But in the past, outfits have generally been gender differentiated for Asura and Char. 
not so this time. The I'm sorry, I just punched my mic. Uh, I get really enthusiastic about these sort of things. Char and Asura, both male and female models, have the male model, which was a disappointment to me this time, having learned to expect the opposite. Because um, I was thinking that this the female model would look better on some of my, my female characters. Uh, so I'm disappointed not to be able to have access to that. Because exactly like you said, it looks like it came from the same place, but it's not the same armor to me. So, I yeah, I, I was disappointed about I that. I have to say, though, that it makes sense to me why it's like that for the Asura and the Char. Because as races in general, the difference between the males and females of the races are not anywhere near as prominent as, say, humans, Norn, or Silvari. They're very... You might say their assets are similar enough that well, having mm-hmm. certain... Uh, <laughs> There's actually Having certain design aesthetics it, would be I a little weird. think of it. Well, if nothing else, the Asura and the Char don't have similar sex characteristics to humans and Norn and Silvari, so they don't they don't really have visible boobs and so any armor that has like much much in the way of like boob emphasizing things doesn't necessarily like it would kind of require its own version, you know what I mean? Um like the Mad King's outfit doesn't do anything like that. And so that I mean it like that doesn't I guess I guess it's probably the, it's the same between both genders though. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, I mean it's uh it's one of those things where I feel like it would be better. I, I mean, I can I could see the Asura having the gender ones, but the Char I feel like if they were going to design a special one for females, it would probably better look different than the regular female one just because like armor boobs. I don't know. Right. Uh yeah, I just I understand the you know the lore and the modeling reasons for not having a different woman between Asura and Char. It just disappoints me when I you know I expected otherwise, and they've done that in the past. And I don't. I would just let me let me rephrase. I would just rather have armor that looked very consistent between the male and female versions, rather than having this sort of two armor split within one set where I have to go. Well, I don't like the male armor, but I do like the female armor. And then having that subsequent disappointment. I would rather just have, you know, it's slightly altered to fit the female char than it's just, we just use the same model. Ha! I remember you know? the, the, the I, term for it. Okay, sorry to interject, but it's sexual dimorphism. No, it's all good. I was floundering. Sexual, yes. Yes, that's... that's I mean, but there is, but the thing is, there is sexual dimorphism at least uh, with Char. It's just that they're not. It's not as. It's prominent not in the same as... way. Well, it's very prominent. It's just not prominent in it, terms of like. It's prominent in a way that is less about form and more accessory. Somewhat, but also in in terms of general body proportions, rather than. Which I mean, I guess technically, not, not really. You the know, proportions of both the genders are pretty much the same. It's just the females are smaller. 
I guess, uh, yeah, I guess they're they're proportions to themselves. Yeah, but they're they're smaller and more lithe. Like they're they are thinner and skinnier in as as female char that is, and their their horns are smaller and uh I don't know. I I I think char look pretty different from one another, but without having sexual characteristic, like without having sexual mm-hmm. dimorphism, as it were. They don't have different visible sex characteristics, but they do have different. Their genders have different physical mm-hmm. attributes. Absolutely. They're just not Yeah, exactly. But but again, but going back to the armors, like not not in such a way that that jives with the way that it is with humans Norn and Silvari. Right. So um yeah. It's it's interesting, but I, I like it. I dig I dig the style. Um everybody loves Kant and stuff. Yep. <laughs> And it's funny you say that because I usually don't like Asian themed things, but like, there's something about this particular armor that I'm just like, you know what? I don't care about the ropes at my waist. Everything else is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, let's see. Wanna wanna get back on wanna get back on uh, Gemstar? Was it Gemstar? Here? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, it was Gemstar. We, we were talking about okay. the Gemstar. We kind of just jumped there. But uh, I guess that is what's next in the show notes. Mini mini frostbite on the Gemstar. Not a big purchase for me. I'm not I'm not about minis, uh, especially ones I don't. I, I like though. minis. I like minis, but it like to me it's just like a mini devourer. Yeah, which like I don't. It's not different enough for me to get Yeah, it's not going to sell that to me. I'm not a collector, but it's there in case also, you're looking as, for it. As a side note, hearkening back to Guild Wars 1, do you know how many mini devourers I got in Guild Wars 1 for birthday uh, presents? Because it was like a goddamn dude, thousand. Dude, jungle trolls. <laughs> this is I, I got a few of those, So too. many jungle really trolls. Really bad, but this is why I theorized that I spent all of my RNG for ArenaNet on Guild Wars 1, all of my characters got bone dragons on their first birthday. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> I had seven jungle trolls uh, out of eight characters. I, yeah. I got a lot. I got a lot of, the of like, the same bad ones, like, every year. It was not great. I got, I got a Mad King Thorn last year. Like, literally last year. Way after I'd stopped playing. Oh the game. yeah, I got a Kieran Thackeray tonic after, after for my assassin's sixth birthday. Yep. Actually, you know that one you sold me. I think I sold it and turned it into a Pyrofear shot tonic for Tiger Feet. But that's neither here nor there. Remember when we were getting back on topic? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Water yeah, balloons like that. go. Yeah, I haven't seen. I it. didn't even look at that. Yeah, like I don't know. Anything I think about I saw it, somebody splashing around in the distance. So I was like, "Oh, that must be that water balloon toy I read about." But I didn't. I haven't like seen it around in game. This seems like something that should yeah. have been like, "Oh, hey, there's this like area where a bunch of kids are like in a water." South sun. <laughs> <laughs> he he said it. Jeez, thanks. I think it was perfect. But yeah. I don't know. I just haven't seen it around much. But again, there if you want it. I will say, okay, there's one more, and it's the Wizard Lightning Finisher. Which does exactly what you think it does. But in a very cool <laughs> way. Like, 
I was trying to describe it in the show notes, so I wouldn't forget, and I was like, it's a wizard that does lightning. It, it's what it says on the box, but it looks very nice. So if you were hoping for that kind of aesthetic in a, a finisher, like a wizard and lightning, go look it up, because it's very nice. I'd, I'm sure Delphi has videos and it's on the wiki by now, but... I don't know how I feel about all these finishers, okay. because way back in the day, before the game ever came out, and the devs didn't actually talk on their own forum because it didn't exist. And they were instead of on a fan forum that shall not be named. I threw out the idea that every profession would have its own finisher. And a dev told me that that was the most amazing thing that they had heard of. And I'm not going to name that dev. But he smiles a lot. and i'm just disappointed that the finishers have become less oh hey you're actually finishing this person and more just like i beat you now i'm gonna show off i don't mind that so much is the fact that they've become very much sort of a gem store exclusive item like, I don't know, to me a finisher shows, should show that I have beaten you, and I will show that I am a good player for having beaten you, and like, it would... I, I much prefer the PvP rank ones, and I wish that there were alternative ways to earn more of them in-game. Shut up, birds, no one asked you about finishers. Um, Which is great, because nobody can hear them on the recording, <laughs> okay, so you just sound like a crazy old cat lady. They're really loud! Shut up, birds! I, I heard them, spirit. It's okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I just He's wish there were more you. ways to earn them in-game, so that I could show off my my skill as a player, rather than my skill lack as of... as a human at earning money. Lack of... <laughs> Uh, self-restraint or spending gems on the gem store. with you, there's really little reason for or, well, excuse me, there's really little avenues for them to be like, oh, hey, you can get more finishers by doing this where it'll actually make sense because they already have SPP completely covered. And World v. World is, like, it'd be really hard to be like, oh, hey, here's finishers from World v. World outside of, oh, we won the tournament thing. So it's just like, mm. or, Well, there's achievements. I suppose. I think, I, th- I agree. I, I feel like both are, are reasonable in the sense of having gem store ones that are, like, flashy and weird. But I also wish that the earnable ones were flashier so that they... We're competitively they they were cool on the or they're competitive on the coolness front, I yes. guess, so that it didn't feel like the only cool things you could buy were from the gem or get were from the gem store, Ideally, but that they were very different. I would say um, I would want the cool quote ones to be obtainable like through game means, like oh hey, you did this awesome thing, here's this awesome finisher, and the funny ones to be from the gem store. Yeah, I mean, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm not opposed to cool ones from the gem store as long as they're cool in a way that might seem a little bit different or outside of what you would expect from a normal in-game reward. 
like cool but weird and different rather than like just the, the only cool ones, edition. you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, or a, a big one is the Ascalon Ghosts one. Like, that mm-hmm. one should be in-game. Yeah. I think, like, but, um, just, if, if anything else, like, the, the nuke, you know, the, the Super Adventure Box nuke, I love that one. That's, that's my favorite finisher still. And, like, I don't really consider that funny, but I do think it's cool, you know? And, I mean, I guess if you could have earned it in Super Adventure Box, that'd be cool, too, but I don't care that I had to buy that. So. I don't mind. Anyway, I, I feel I like... Don't know. We, I I know you're trying I was to move on. I, I just feel like we should probably. Up. Yes, I am Kanye West. <laughs> um, I don't mind paying for it, but it's the same as sort of like how they always release armors on the gem oh. store. I don't mind paying for it. I yes. just want other ways to get it. I don't want to always pay or for to it. get different ones. Like yeah, to have new ones enter in a not pay format. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. That is all I want, really. Yeah, I was gonna say though. I think we should probably move on because we're getting past the hour mark here, and we still have some stuff to talk about. Um, so I guess I guess we're gonna move on into the speculators tinfoil hat corner um, of insanity, and we'll just combine that with lore talk because a lot of the lore is speculation. I heard quaggins are going to become a playable race. Ugh. I heard there'll be a use for Imperial Fragments. I heard that Zomaris doesn't even like Precursors. I heard that the legendary armor is going to be made out of glint. I heard Queen Jenna doesn't wear shoes because she's allergic to people with souls. I heard that some Silvari athletes use Miracle Grow. That's just speculation. This is your captain speaking. Tinfoil hats must be worn at all times during armchair development. So, Evie, why don't you take it away? Because you have the most to say about lore and speculation and hatting this session. And Shangaku slash Eric was the one that brought this up on Twitter and mentioned it to the Guild Wars Twitter. He was asking why there was specifically 30 coins. And I didn't know this, but apparently that's like a motif to say towards someone close to you betraying you exactly i.e. Judas now if you've read the Dresden Files you'll know that there are 30 coins in that and they are bad mojo I have no idea what Dresden Files anyways now going into the story initially I was just like oh it's this Silvari dude that like obviously wreck the ship and whatnot but like then i started like analyzing the whole situation and whatnot and i was just like wait wait why would an engineer cut people up that makes no sense so you so think I, there was something so going I think on that there is someone that we don't particularly know in a close sense that may or may not be joining the team soon. By God, the team the as in the bad guy team or our team? Oh, okay. I think it'd be great if this was like the long con for killing off Kaith. What? See... At first, I was just 
I wasn't ready for that. My tinfoil hat <laughs> is not okay. Just let me get situated here. See, better get some better thing. straps. Initially, I was like, just like, yeah. like security heads. She could getting have the, fallen the duct into tape. nightmare and or or something, whatever. I don't know. And because she's a thief, that's her thing, cutting people up. And but then it was just like, you know, well, what? and not only that, that is they'd have to bring back the voice actor and all this whatnot. And but they could plan that a right, year in advance whole, or like, whatever. Logistics wise, the reason the Biconics exist is so they don't have to go back to those really famous voice actors and keep bringing them in. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but they could conceivably just bring in Kate as a last minute reveal, and not have the rest of Destiny's Edge there. And of of the actors, she is probably one of the less busy of of mm-hmm. some of the other actors they have. Um, because I mean, like she's What's no Steve here? Bloom or Felicia Day or yeah, exactly. Um, of of Destiny's Edge, she is one of the lesser. Uh, Lesser, super unscheduledly busy people. I honestly hope that she Um, gets to the point that Jennifer Hill is at one day because she did such a good job with Cave. She did do a pretty good job. Um, Can I ask? Anyway, I I think that'd be cool. Totally got thrown for a loop. Why? Why suspect Cave in this? I mean, like, what evidence do you have Uh, that it was Cave rather than betrayal? Okay, to so, the, so the Zephyrites? I guess my the, understanding the... was somebody close closer to the Zephyrites betrayed them. Potentially, and... but also, but it could be somebody close to the player. Gotcha. Like, it, it depends on if you're talking about being betrayed yourself versus being betrayed. Like, Kate would be betraying the world, and Scarlet knew a secret about Kate that not even mm-hmm. Fallon knew. Um, and it could be conceivable that that secret was not necessarily that she had been corrupted, but that she had become uh, disconnected from the pale tree, that she had become a soundless or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that like something that you know, obviously she didn't fall to nightmare, but she skirted that edge, and that could be something or... that um, wasn't known. That something that wasn't known by um. Oh god, now I'm forgetting her name. Uh, her girlfriend, Fallon. Um, something that wasn't known by Fallon and isn't known by the players, which could make her susceptible and to we corruption. We can go into even further speculation territory and like wrap that tinfoil hat real tight. It could be that she knows of the second tree. It's taped to my head now. She could have linked to another tree. She could what? Ooh. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I okay. I really like yeah. that we're able to, to do this sort of speculation. It's been so long since we've had this sort of discussion about Gilders. It, like, it's been so obvious what's going to happen with the living story. I'm so excited for this. I really enjoy speculation. Yeah, I agree. One this is, this thing, is a good return to form on Speculators Corner. Yeah, one thing I would add maybe is, or as support for that theory is, there's been allusions to how. Silvari, even even very dedicated Silvari, very uh, not borderline Silvari, have been pulled towards the nightmare, or you know at least been adversely affected. We've now seen it in several cases. So if Kate was already teetering, and she's affected by whatever has has. Uh, pulled on Scarlet and the other guy that 
I'm trying not to spoil. Uh, it's entirely possible that she could have been pulled past breaking point. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, you know, and again, I don't know that this is necessarily accurate, but I think it's cool. I think it would be a really cool way to take the story. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I did think it was really funny in points of interest. Uh, they were talking about it, and I guess this is a very mild spoiler, but uh, Angel McCoy like sort of led in with like, you investigate the village and you find out that Scarlet had been there, and I'm like face palm like i knew i knew that that was true but it's like leading in with by the way scarlet was here i was like mm-hmm. oh my god like no no everybody <laughs> wants to be done with her and i know that it's as not as soon as i did that i tweeted on twitter yeah. even when she's dead she's still annoying me i do yeah, it was, it was a... like yeah i understand the frustration with it but i think it was a very um how to phrase this, very efficient, no. It's a good way of archiving. It was an archiving. effective and efficient way to tie things in. Yeah. yeah, it was a good way of archiving for people who wouldn't have been there through Living Story 1. The Her changes, how she impacts yeah. the world, and it's just this kind of thing that will be there forever that future players can find and say, oh yes, now I understand why these things have happened and who she is and why people it's... moan about her. We need a hologram for Cormier. It's also Cormier. a really... If- <laughs> Cor- <laughs> Cormier. <laughs> Every time someone mentions Cormier, uh, there's just this one limit. video. I always link them, and I'm just like, this is why. Anyways. I know exactly the video oh, you're speak- talking about, too. Speak- speaking of Cormier, uh, this goes into Speculator's Corner slash Tinfoil Hat. Uh, what do you guys think about that image about uh the theoretical uh similarities exactly between a picture in the room. Yes. Yes. Well, see you're yeah, you're you're just setting these segues up. It's a one two punch. I ship um, it. I, right. <laughs> I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> you ship it like FedEx? Is that, yes. is that what you're telling me? Yes. Um yeah, there there is a drawing that bears eerie similarity also, to the realm of also torment, also known as the realm of um, truth. Either is that now truth, known the realm as that of justice or something like that? Because Cormier quote cleaned it up. Yeah, whatever. When in reality, the players cleaned it up. <laughs> in theory, she threw a broom at me. I was gonna say I don't know that she cleaned it up at all. She just went in there when it was all messy and then became a blind god. I don't. I mean, although I don't know, I, I really <laughs> maybe she I has really a seeing eye god. Them to play off of the idea of Cormier being blind justice, just because it would be way too nice to finally kill her. Sorry, that was me going off on a tangent. I would not be objecting to maybe you know having the player investigate there's a storyline that leads us up to the realm of truth and you know we've had kind of a historical nah I I don't want to say that Guild Wars 1 is a historical precedence but I I will say that uh Realms of the gods have been traditionally elite areas for upwards of five players, and I would not be heartbroken. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, uh, 
I want to throw out. I want to throw out. Uh, if you will recall, back in our uh, about a six months ago, or maybe a year ago, um, the uh, theory that I had about Scarlet and that if if they were going to tie in an Abaddon fractal, hint hint, and have Scarlet be affected, that perhaps she was influenced by Abaddon uh, for like like that she glimpsed Abaddon and that the the madness of Abaddon was somehow tied in with uh, the madness of the uh, corruption. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I, that uh, maybe there was a thing I to that. Say maybe, maybe maybe we'll find out. But at another point, it's kind of been heavily implied that the like thing that sent her into madness was the dragon. Sure. Uh, oh no, absolutely. But I mean, I'm thinking like perhaps Abaddon no, steered I, I her honestly towards think that. that. Abaddon's gone. And because you have to like, as far as if the Abaddon fractal happened, the mist don't have a timeline, right? So it's very possible that well, the, right? Quote dragon would have shown her what happened there to give her an understanding of magic. Or, well, right, or she could have gone, yeah, I mean, she she could have gone and sort of effectively, quote-unquote, met Abaddon in the fractals. Do you know what I mean? Like, bef- you know, because time synchronization is wonky. I mean, we went, I mean, we went back to the, like, pre-searing, you know, like, or to, to the searing, I guess. So, anyway. I don't, I don't think Abaddon's still alive and kicking, if you will. But well, from Scarlet, regardless. we know you don't have to be alive and kicking to still have an influence on the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's one thing to oh, be dead and influence the game that burn. you came from, and another to be dead and influence the game that's the sequel to the one you died in. In, in fact, the second sequel to yeah. the one you died in. And and I really feel that eh. <laughs> uh, if they tried to tie in Abaddon to Guild Wars 2, a lot of that, like, connection or just the feeling of, so I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, a lot of it will be lost on most of the players that play Guild Wars 2. And That's true. Yeah, that's definitely I've true. been getting this vibe lately that they're trying to set up Guild Wars 2 as its own thing and steering away from Guild Wars 1 more and more as the game goes on, which is a good thing. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a good thing so long as it doesn't lead them to not doing things because they were in Guild Wars 1. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want them to say we'll never go to Cantha or Alona because Cantha or Alona are Guild Wars One things, unless they take us mm-hmm. somewhere else. Like I don't want to, that to be effectively used as an excuse to not take us to outside of the current map. And that I we agree see. because I wouldn't want them to you say, know? "Oh, hey, like, Mersat are never going to be a thing because they were the main, like quote main villains of prophecies." Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. So I mean, I think it's fine for Guild Wars two to lean on its own, lean on its own self rather than trying to lean too heavily on Guild Wars one. But at the same time, Guild Wars one did so many good things that I don't want them to exclude things just because exactly. it was done in Guild Wars one. Either, like, yeah. Anyway, like expansions, or like expansions. expansions. Not necessarily expansions. Look, yeah, we want whatever. more races. How, however, they want to do it. Like abundance of classes. Well, we don't necessarily professions. Need professions. I want new professions. I'd allow it. Well, you said abundance of classes. I was about to say or were you saying class skills? skills? Yeah. yeah. I I I want new professions. I. They could justify. Just I think maybe one new profession. And make it a heavy one, possibly. But like beyond that, it'll pretty much they, all the archetypes are pretty much covered, except maybe like the lone archer. But they can just fix the thief into that somewhat. I guess, I guess, but I feel like it's easier. I think it's easier to balance more classes that have limited options than to increase the options of existing classes. Like, it's easier to build in deficiencies for one class, for, like, a new class that's sort of an archetype that could be covered by expanding an additional class, than... Because, like, every time you expand the additional class, there's always the risk that the inherent strengths of that class, coupled with the, the new things that you're giving them, push them over the edge, whereas... Like, when you're designing from scratch, you get to just say, like, well, you get this awesome thing, but you Except don't have you condition removal. Or, you know like what I mean? account for the strengths of the class when you add to them. Like, say, for example, a lot of people say that the thief shouldn't have a rifle because they're mobile and whatnot. And it's just make it, well, make the rifle not strong when they're moving. Problem solved. And I know that's really a simple way of looking at it, but essentially it can be done. And I really... Th- it can be, but then but then it becomes a question of, like, would you rather have a class that is hampered by the fact that the class it's based on has a lot of strengths, or would you rather have it be really good at certain things and, be, and like, be designed with different handi- handicaps? Like, and, that, and that's going to differ depending I on what you want out of the, the class. The handicaps and strengths should shift... Depending on how you build the profession. That's that's the way that they touted the game way back in the day, and they have not delivered on that point. But but some of those things are unchangeable. Like you will never be able to change a thief's armor class or base hit points. Like so Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It 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 just depends on the like the direction that you're looking for. Like if you really wanted I don't know. Like I I personally would love a class that is sort of like a guardian equivalent except with debuffs instead of boons, but that is not the necromancer and the way that the necromancer's designed, I don't know that they could come up with a way that would that's fit the really feeling a, that I'm looking for with what the necromancer has. The game works. Honestly. Partly, yeah, partly. Because sure. the I Necromancer mean, would be that yeah, if conditions know. were much more powerful in... Exactly. If conditions were more like hexes. Yeah, it's true. 
It's true, but I'm just like that's just a basic example though. Like it doesn't it depends on what you're designing for. Like do you just want a weapon on a profession or do you want a playstyle that does not currently exist and if you in order to facilitate that playstyle like you could give that playstyle certain certain difficulties but like the the base mechanics and or traits and or equipment and or attributes maybe things that you would rather tweak in a different direction uh, for that subtype like for that sub archetype and you can't do any of those things i ran an idea that i just came up with to create what essentially what you want what i would do is i would make conditions individual first of all and i would give necromancers sides as a weapon and i would tie this weapon very very highly to conditions and it would be a melee weapon that does aoe conditions yeah this is a way too long of a discussion for this yeah. podcast we're already <laughs> at an hour and a half uh, anyway, I think it's time for CastCast. Cast. Kate, uh, go. Hello and welcome to CastCast, Cast, the podcast within the podcast about cast of other podcasts and the style of cast of other podcasts. I'm a little bit confused this morning. Um, things that are happening on CastCast Cast this week. Uh, there is a lot of things. Arena is coming to Gamescom this year. We're not quite sure what they're bringing, but I wanted to make a quick note about it because I believe it's the first time they've come since launch, maybe the year, year before launch. launch. Uh, which implies that they have something to show for it. And we're not sure what that is. Um, people have been circulating an investor report that came out around late February that implied that Guildverse 2 is concretely going to have an expansion in 2015. Uh, I advise caution with that because I don't believe it's a trustworthy source. Isn't that the same... Isn't that the same firm that's been saying that ever since the right. game's release and putting it out a year yeah. in advance? Um, so yeah. anything you read about that, I would take with a because grain of salt. When it comes to but at the same time, they could very, very the 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 the, the talk I can English. They can um, what's the word I'm looking for? Embellish, Embellish what an expansion actually is. Yep. Uh, so if you see Guild Wars 2 is having an expansion, uh, yes, just take it with a grain of salt, but know that something is likely coming at Gamescom. What exactly that is, we don't know. And it may not be as exciting as it sounds, but it is possible. I'm going to be the cynic and guess that it's not going to yeah, be Yeah, I'm guessing that they're going to showcase the season 2 thing as well, but my hopes are, th- my hopes are in my heart play. Or something. Um... The Death and Taxes PvE Invitational was last last weekend, two weekends ago now. Oh gosh, it's been a week. Uh, I just had a little bit of Minnesotan. Um, okay, before oh you hit that's them, where I've I been, which is why I'm disoriented that, oh on time. Lord, I'm actually being more of a cynic. I will have links to that. It was quite an interesting competition. Over three thousand gold in prizes were given away, and from what I saw, the live streams were quite entertaining. The Oh, I have a shout-out to Duke Weatherheart, who's been on the show previously, and the rest of Rock Paper Signet, 
his guild and Guild Wars 2 community for two wonderfully organized great worm runs on the EU servers. It was my first worm kill, uh, but it was one of the most fun things I've done in-game, and I'm really glad that I had the chance to do that with all of them. That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking site such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam, and many more just by looking up Relics of War. That's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsoforr at gmail.com or go to our website, relicsofor.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget to put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, Anexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel Run, that's a C, and then Squirrel, and then Run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show. 